Well, good morning, Thrive Church. I am so glad that you're here this morning. Man, we have a great crowd. I'm so glad all of you are are here this morning. Have you been touched by God already? Wasn't that an awesome worship experience? Give it up for our worship team. And you guys do an awesome job. We appreciate the worship team. So, hey, we've been having a, a great attendance here uh, in, the, in the past few weeks, and I'm going to just ask you to do me a favor in the coming weeks, if you could just do me a favor and just be mindful to, to, to if you're kind of a sit at the end of the row person, if you could help us out, just make sure you, you kind of scoot in because people come in all, all throughout the worship time. They're looking for places to sit. So if you could help us with that. I also want to give a shout out this morning to, we have some tremendous volunteers. I don't know if you have noticed each and every week, kind of the platform is changing. How many of you have noticed that? There's been some changes taking place up here. And I want you to know it has been all through volunteers. Volunteers who have put hours of work. We're not finished yet, but I just want to give recognition to our volunteers that have helped make this, this possible, this transition. I don't know if you, you know this, but we used to have an orchestra pit right here, and we kind of uh, taken up that spot there. So can we give a shout out to our volunteers? Thank you so much. Thank you for what you're doing, and we're excited uh, we are going to look to our best. It's our goal to look our best on Easter Sunday. So I'm glad you're here this morning. I want you to know if you're new at Thrive Church, if you're watching with us on 715, that one of our core values is that we are people loving. Just look at your neighbor and say, we're people loving. We are a people loving church that is leading people because love has power. And we're leading people to become the life giving followers of Jesus. We have any people lovers out there this morning? Raise your hand. Check with us online and say, hey, pastor, I'm a people lover. I'm a people lover. I want to get right into my message this morning, and you get so much more out of the message when you follow along in your sermon notes this morning. So if you would like to have some sermon notes, just raise your hand, and one of our ushers will find you, and they'll make sure that you get some notes here. We're in a sermon series called Influence. We are a people of influence Did you know that? The the definition of the word influence is this. It is the capacity to have an effect on the character, the development, or behavior of someone or something or the effect itself. You see, all of us here today, we are being influenced. I don't know if you knew that. Something or someone or a combination of both is influencing you. You were influenced somehow, some way to be here today. That's why you're here today. You were influenced. And you need to understand this, that you are a person of influence. And I hope that you gather this morning that you are influencing people. Your influence that you have on people's lives is either a positive or it's a negative. And I want to encourage you to be the most positive influencer that this world has ever seen to help influence people to become the life-giving followers of Jesus. So where do I get this idea of you being an influencer? Well, Jesus gives us that idea. He tells us this in Matthew 5, 14. He says, you, you. That's right, I'm talking about you this morning. Understand when Jesus is talking to his disciples, he's talking to you. He's talking to me. And he says, I I want you to understand, people. I want you to understand that you are the light of the world. What does light do? Light influences. Light has its greatest influence in the darkness. We, we did that little experiment here the other week. It has its greatest influence in darkness. You are the light of the world, church. 
You're the light of the world. You, you know what you're like? You're like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. It would be foolish. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. No. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, as the same way that that light shines, you let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father, so that everyone sees the Jesus in you. Deep within us, I believe, all of us, there's, there's a need within each and every one of us for us to have purpose in this world. There's a desire that we have some form of significance, that we have a positive impact on the world around us. Don't you love inspiring stories? I love inspiring stories. Some of the most inspiring stories are people of, that I would call of unlikely influence, unlikely influence. In 1938, there was this man by the name of Sir Nicholas Winton. And this was at the brink of World War II. He was a, a stockbroker in London, England, just a regular old stockbroker. And he had gotten word that there were these children in Czechoslovakia that were refugees. And these, because of the German army had been coming in and invading all these lands, creating this refugee crisis. And he just, there was something within him that compared this normal, normal, average, everyday stockbroker. And he just, something's got to be done about this. And through his influence, through his network of friends, through his finances, through his knowledge, through his uh, abilities, he did something about it. He organized a, a rescue operation where he brought over 669 children, six, exactly 669 children. He was able to rescue them, these children, from the concentration camps of the Nazi regime and able to, to get them into England and was able to set up foster homes and adoptions agencies for these children who no longer had their parents. Well, after the war, this whole rescue mission, it remained virtually unknown because he didn't tell anybody. For 50 years, he kept quiet about this rescue mission. One day, his nosy wife, any nosy wives, any husbands have any nosy wives out there? His nosy wife, in 1988, went upstairs to clean, up the, clean out the attic and found this, uh, this scrapbook of names, photographs of these children, 669 of them. And she realized, she discovered that her just every average day person husband was the one who helped rescue these 669 children. And she just couldn't keep quiet about it. And she reached out to some show. Maybe you've seen this YouTube clip before, but I want to show it before you this morning as I talk a little bit more here. Go ahead and show that. Four children. This is his scrapbook. There are all kinds of fascinating pictures in it. Perhaps you can see, this is a picture of Nicholas Winton himself with one of the children he rescued. If you look at the very back of this scrapbook, fascinating things in it, all the letters. But back here is the list of all the children 
This is Vera Diamant, now Vera Gissing. We did find her name on his list. Vera Gissing is with us here tonight. Hello, Vera. And uh, I should tell you that you are actually sitting next to Nicholas Winton. around my neck and this is the actual pass that we were given to come to England and I'm another of the children that you saved. Can I ask, is there anyone in our audience tonight who owes their life to Nicholas Winton? If so, could you stand up please? Everybody has to learn to live with everybody else, regardless of creed or religion. I never thought what I did 70 years ago was going to have such a big impact as apparently it has. And uh, if it has now got a story which uh, helps people to live uh, for the future, well, that will be an added bonus. An unlikely hero. Through the actions and the influence of this unlikely hero, he stepped out and he did something. And literally thousands of people were impacted by his influence. I believe we are sitting in a room full, and people who are watching online, full of unlikely heroes influencers that God has called to change the destiny of our world. I want to look this morning at John chapter 4. I want us to look at another, a story of an unlikely influencer. The story starts with Jesus and his disciples, and they're on their way to Galilee. Maybe you've heard this story before, Jesus and and the woman at the well. Well, well, what Jesus decided that he and his disciples, they would go through the town of Samaria, and this, this must have caught the disciples' attention because back in those days, the, the Jews, they despised the Samaritans. There was kind of this prejudice that was going on there. They did not associate with Samaritans. They looked upon the Samaritans as being inferior. They, even, they, they would not even talk or associate with them. To, to talk or associate with them would make you unclean. 
And therefore, the Jews would always make a point to go around Samaria. I love it. I love that. Jesus doesn't go around things. He doesn't avoid situations or difficulties. But he says, no, we're going to go right through it. This must have caught the disciples by surprise. They entered into the town, and Jesus sits down at the community well, the water well, and he sits there by himself. And it's around the noontime, and along comes this woman to gather water. Jesus looks at her and asks her for a drink, and she is surprised. Why is this man, why is this Jewish man talking to me? Jesus then begins to tell her that if she really knew who he was, that she would be asking him for living water. He then begins to tell her about her past, that in fact that she had had at one time, she, she's had five different husbands, and the man that she was living with right now is not her husband. He knew all about her, yet he didn't condemn her. He then tells her that he is the Messiah and people are, that the people are looking for. And it's at this moment It's at this moment that life change began to happen because it was at this moment she believed. Listen to me. It's at that moment that she believed in Jesus and she began to put her faith in Jesus. And it was at that moment, it's what we call around here at Thrive Church, life change happened. Her life was changed at the moment of her belief. Now, I want you to watch. This is in your notes. I want you to see what happened to this unlikely influencer. This, their, her response changed a community. Look here, verse 27. Just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him walk, talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? Verse 28. The woman left her water, her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Verse 39, many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. Verse 40, When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Verse 42, then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he, Jesus, is indeed the savior of the world. Isn't that awesome? An unlikely influencer impacted an entire community to to the eternal life change found in Jesus Christ. An unlikely influencer. I think if this woman was here today, I think if this woman was here today and she would say, hey, she was to be our guest speaker talking about this topic of influence, here's some of the things that I think that she would talk to us about today. I'm gonna talk about life lessons from an unlikely influencer. I think she would tell us this. Number one, Jesus' influence on your life will change everything. 
Jesus's influence on your life, if you allow him to influence your life, it would change everything. It was because of her encounter with Jesus. The moment that she believed, her life was drastically changed from the inside out because that's what Jesus does. Jesus always starts from the inside out. You see, it happens the moment that you believe, the moment that you fully put your faith in Jesus, that life change begins to happen. Do you remember that moment? Do you remember that moment that you said, yes, he is the Messiah. Yes, Jesus is who he said he is. I don't understand everything there is to know about him, but I say yes. Do you remember the day, the moment that you said yes? You see, because that moment that you said yes, you know what happened? That moment that you said yes, God took his spirit, the Holy Spirit, and he placed his spirit inside of you, and life change began to happen. It's what we call transformation. You begin to change from the inside out. And you know what happens? Because you know what happens because it happened to me. The moment that I allowed Jesus' influence in my life, it began to change the way I think. It changed it the way I act, the way that I feel. It changed the person that I am. Is there anybody else who has been changed by the influence of Jesus in this room? Life change happened at the moment of belief. Jesus' influence will change your everything. And we know that this happens. There's an organization that, that I, I've helped work with, an organization called Teen Challenge. Anybody heard of Teen Challenge? And it is an organization all throughout the world. And it started uh, years ago in the, in the early 70s, I believe, in, in New York City. It's an alcohol and drug recovery program. Well, if you know anything about uh, recovery programs, a lot of times, even the, the most influential ones uh, that are in the world, they don't have the best success rate. So they can go through the program only to return again, go through the program, return again. It's just going to... Teen Challenge, listen to this. There was a study done in 2019. And this study has shown that 78% of those who go through the program and finish the program remain sober and substance-free. You know what that is? Yes, yeah, you can respond to that. You respond to that. That is the power of life change. Because when Jesus influences you, it changes everything. Let me continue on. I believe that this woman would say to us, God's influence was never meant to, kept, to be kept to yourself. This life change that has taken place inside of you, it was never meant to keep to yourself. I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna illustrate this next week. But this woman was not able to keep the life change to happen to herself. She could have had that moment, that moment that she believed, and she could have went back in the village and like, mm, let's keep it to myself. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna live the rest of my life to keep it all to myself. I'm gonna guard this. I'm gonna protect it. That's not what she did. She went into her, listen to what it says here. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, telling everyone. You see, that's what happens. When your life is changed, why would you want to keep it to yourself? This is what Jesus was talking about. I, I read that scripture earlier about you are the light of the world. 
You are the light of the world. And I used that illustration. I talked about it last week. You know, when your light shines in light, in a room full of light, you don't even notice it, right? That's because light was created. Thomas Edison, they kept having this problem because they wanted to create light. They were tired of burning down houses from fires and candles. They wanted to come up with a light bulb, something that we can have light and darkness. Your light that Christ put inside of you was created by God to shine in the midst of darkness. And when light shines in darkness, number one, it reveals truth, it gives life, and it provides hope. That's what you're created to do. Reveal truth, to share life and provide hope. And I want to tell you this morning, I think this woman would tell us, if you have been given this light of Jesus, don't be tempted to keep it to yourself. Go into your world and shine. Are you with me this morning? I think this woman would tell us this, number three. You don't have to have it all together to influence someone to Jesus. You're looking at somebody this morning who doesn't have it all together. And I'm looking at a whole room full of people, and I'm looking at some people online who you don't have it all together either. You see, one of these days, though, we're going to have it all together, right? But we're not going to be here. We're not going to be here. But as long as we're here, let's not allow the excuse of not having it all together let it, not, let it not be our hindrance to shine the light of Jesus. You see, this woman that we're talking about this morning, she had what you would call some circumstances. Some circumstances that could have impacted her influence, that could have held her back, that she could have used as an excuse. What is the number one excuse she could have used? Like, ah, wait a second, I'm a woman. Now, listen, I'm not gonna get into any, I, I, listen, I, I, I'm not. This woman, back in those days, Back in those days, there are some great Christian women leaders. We need more Christian women leaders. Let me just say that. But back in the day, the culture, the culture, women were to be silent. They were to be quiet. I, I, I disagree with that today. But they had no voice. And she could have used that as an excuse. Number two, she had a messy past. Remember, I was, I was talking about, Jesus pointed out that she had multiple husbands and she's probably with another, she's with another man today. She was, I, I think what Jesus was pointing out here, she was probably a prostitute. That's probably why, she had a messy past, that's probably why she's showing up around noontime. Most people did not show up around noontime in those water wells back then. They showed up early in the morning or later in the evening, but she wanted to show up so that there was no ridicule, and that's probably the third thing upon. She was probably looked down upon from her community because of her circumstances. But you know what? When her life was changed, that moment it was changed, it wasn't two years later, three years later. No, 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 no. She instantly, when she experienced that life change, she refused. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to refuse. I refuse to allow my past life to discredit my present calling. Let me say that one more time because that is so good. She refused to allow her past life to discredit her present calling. 
You see, she discovered that when Jesus changes her life, you become a new person. Where did she get that idea? Well, I, I, Paul wasn't around then, but, but, but she understood what Paul said to us in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. He said, listen to me, listen to me. He says, anyone, is there anyone here today? Is there anybody who is watching? If you're watching online, just send me and say, I'm anyone. If anyone who belongs to Christ, you have become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. You see, she no longer looked in the mirror and saw all of her circumstances. She now looked in the mirror and she saw a new person in Christ Jesus because that's what he does. He transforms us into new People, listen to me, God wants to do the same through you. Listen to me, you do not have to be a perfect person. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to fix all of your circumstances before you can go out and let your light shine for Jesus. It doesn't happen that way because you already are that new person. I want you to know on Easter Sunday, we're going to do this, I think, just about every year. I think we're going to do it. We're going to have baptisms. I'm telling you, you got, if you want to be a blessed, come to church. If you're watching online, be here. Be here for Easter Sunday and listen to the stories of life change at baptism. But you know what I hear a lot as a pastor? Talking to people and they ask questions about baptism. I hear a lot of people say, well, I'm thinking about getting baptism, being baptized, but I'm not quite there yet. Like, what do you mean you're not quite there yet? Well, I'm trying to get a couple things together, you know, trying to become a better person before I get baptized. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That ain't ever going to happen. That's, that's, that's not the purpose of baptism. The purpose of baptism is to communicate to the world. It is an outward expression of an inward commitment. It is you saying, listen, I'm not perfect and neither of you, but let me tell you when the life change that Jesus has taken place in my life, let me tell you about that life change. I wanna encourage you, if you've not been baptized yet, I wanna encourage you, Take that step of faith. Take that opportunity. As you leave today and you walk out those doors, we have what we call a Connect Center. And you just go up to the people at that Connect Center and say, I want to be baptized on Easter Sunday. On Easter Sunday. Let me continue on here. Number four, I think she would tell us, sometimes you're going to have to ignore the naysayers. I should hear a big amen after that one. Is that an Ohio State shirt I see you wearing? Bless you, brother. Bless you, man. Go Buckeyes. Thank you, God. I, I, I felt an anointing over here. I felt it. I knew I felt something. Man, bless you, brother. Great is your reward in heaven. All right. Anytime you choose to follow Jesus and allow his influence to change your life, you're going to have naysayers. Michigan fans are naysayers, right, brother? Those are the naysayers of the world. All right, all right. Naysayers. You know what naysayers are? Naysayers are people who don't like or they don't understand your life change. You have people like that in your life? You've changed. Jesus has changed you. And like, well, aren't you going to go to the party with me anymore? Aren't you going to do this? Aren't you going to do that? And you're like, nah, my life has changed. That desire is not there. And they, they don't like it. 
People feel convicted. People feel lonely. Why are you, why are you abandoning me? And so what they do is they do or they say things to try to discourage your growth. You're always going to have people like that. The more you begin to grow in your faith journey with God, you're going to have naysayers. You're going to have naysayers. And they want you to revert back to the person that you used to be. You see, when the disciples return, they must have been super surprised to see Jesus associating with this woman of circumstances. Remember her? Especially because of her reputation. Remember that? What he said here just then, his disciples came back and they were shocked to find him talking to this woman. Just imagine how she felt when she got the look. You ever got the look before? Kind of that, that self-righteous look. And sometimes, sometimes it's the people who are not in Christ can give you self-righteous looks. They didn't say anything but their look said it all. And I'm sure that this woman, I'm sure that she lived most of her life with the look. And I'm sure that that look had put a lot of condemnation in her life. But all of a sudden, no longer was she held bondage to the look. No longer was she going to allow the look to hold her back. The negative word. The, the, the negative influence, no longer was she going to do that. You see, she decided to ignore the naysayers and instead listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And folks, that's what we need to begin to do. We need to, as you grow, you will hear the voice of the naysayers. And we are going to have to learn to ignore. Everybody say ignore. I'm going to ignore the naysayers and I'm going to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I believe that's exactly what she did. I'm not gonna listen to that. Even when it comes from Jesus' disciples, I'm not gonna listen to the naysayers anymore. I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission for influence. You see, I'm gonna encourage you, church, don't let your circumstances rob you of God's calling of influence on your life. Let me say that one more time. Wherever you're at, Whatever's going on in your life, do not allow your past circumstances to rob you of God's calling of influence on your life. Let me continue on. Your influence starts with the people in your world. You see, this woman went directly to the people in her world, her community. That's where she went. Let me ask you, who, who are the people in your world today? Who are those people? I'll answer this. Here's the people that are in your world. The person who is directly in front of you might be that person who's just sitting in front of you right now. The person who is in your, your home, the person who lives next door to you. I don't live in your neighborhood. I don't have any influence in your neighborhood unless we live in the same neighborhood. You have influence with your neighbors. You have influence. I don't work in your workplace, but you, you work in your workplace. You have influence in your workplace. The person sitting right next to you, just give you a person a show, just say, I'm influencing you right now. I got influence. I got influence. Wake up. Wake up. I got influence. <laughs> Years ago, somebody, I just started pastoring a church in De Pere, Wisconsin, and somebody came into my office. And he was a firefighter in our church. 
And he says, hey, you're the new pastor here. Congratulations. That also makes you the new chaplain for the fire department in the community. i awesome. <laughs> well, what, what do I do? And he says, just, just come in and have coffee with us. I'm like, okay, I can do that. Some 13 years of having coffee with firefighters, God began to give influence in that fire department. God began to, and I could tell you stories after stories after stories of life change that began to happen because I just, God had called me to just go to the people who were right in front of me. And guess what I've done as I arrived here? Went across the street, the fire department just right across the street. I am so proud to be the, the chaplain, the head chaplain for the Wausau Fire Department. And I've been working with them for over a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't tell you, to, I don't say that to be braggadocious. I'm just telling you, just go, go to the place that's right in front of you. Yesterday, I, I've been working with these firefighters for about a year, just over a year now. And yes, the other day, I had my first golden nugget opportunity. This is what happens when, with it, when you're a fire chaplain. I had a gentleman come up to me and said, can I talk to you? You know, what it, you know what it took for that to happen, that moment to happen? Consistent influence. Just going and having coffee. That's all I'm going to do. And they got some good coffee over there. De Pere, not so much, but they got good coffee over there. You, you catch my drift? Influence the people who are right in front of you. That's where you're called to be. The people in your world. Let me continue here. I think she would tell us the power of your influence is found in your story. You see, I am confident that these people were blown away by the life change in this woman's life. And that's why they were moved by her influence. This woman now had what I call a redemption story. I love that word redemption. It's one of my favorite words, redemption. To, re to redeem something, when something is redeemed, it means something was of value and it fell off a table, it was broken, and there was lost pieces. But to redeem something is to gather up all of those pieces, put it on a table, and put it back together again, and when it's done, it's better than the original. I love redemption stories. Everyone loves a redemption story. Here, her redemption story. Her redemption story was she was this woman who was broken, and lost. And one day she met Jesus. And Jesus began to put those pieces back together again. And now something was different in her. She was changed. She's now living a new life. And it caught their attention. That's what happens with redemption stories. It catches people's attention. I want you to know this morning, one of the most powerful things of influence that you have, listen to me, is your redemption story. If you are a Christ follower, I've, I've said this before, but if you're a Christ follower today, you have a redemption story. Can I tell you your story real quick? I'm gonna tell, if you're a Christ follower, I'm going to tell you your story. I'm going to tell you chapter one. I once was lost. I was broken. I was all over the place. I once was lost. Chapter one, Okay. People need to hear about chapter one. But, 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 but chapter two is better because I one day I met this man named Jesus 
and I chose to believe. People need to know how you got from lost to Jesus. How did that happen? Tell them your story. But chapter three is the best. Because now I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. Tell me how that happened. Tell me how that happened. And I'm sure that these people, as she comes in, hey, I gotta tell you something, da, 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 da. They're looking at her, and they're seeing a redemption story. And they're being influenced by her redemption story. Listen to me. Listen, sometimes we get all hung up and it's like, I'm just a pastor. I'm afraid to tell people about Jesus because I just don't know what to tell them. You do. Tell them your story. One of the most influential things that you can do for, to influence your community is tell people your story. So when somebody tells you, like, man, I got this going on, I got this going on, you can tell them, hey, can I tell you something? I was there myself one time. I can totally resonate with where you're at. Can I tell you my redemption story? Everybody loves redemption story. I think if she was here today, one more. She would tell us, never underestimate the potential impact of a small act of love. You see, you will never know how one act of love may influence somebody to Jesus. This woman, again, she could have kept it all to herself, but some, she had a love for her community, and she went right back to her community. I, I, I'm going to not only tell you, but I'm going to love on you. Tell you a funny story here. A young lady by the name of Lisa Zorkorski. I have a hard time saying her last name because she, she's got married. She was a student in our youth ministry years ago. I was a new youth pastor, and one of the things I got to do is go into the high school during lunchtime and have lunch with these students. Well, I was still kind of new, and I was still putting faces with names, and I saw this one lady, walk, this one lady walking through the hallway or walking into the lunchroom, and I swore I recognized her as a girl in our youth group. And so I just, hey, Hey, are you coming tonight? It was Wednesday night. Are you coming tonight? And it's like, coming where? Like, silly you, coming to youth group. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I guess I am. And, and she says, well, what time? I'm like, you always know what time it starts, but like, I'm playing along with it. I think she's playing dumb with me. Lisa comes to youth group, and I look across the room and like, oh, that's the girl I thought was her. Oh. I had a little bit of confusion. Lisa's never been to youth group before. A few weeks later, Lisa gets saved, invites, her, invites Jesus into her heart as her Lord and Savior. Lisa comes on fire. Lisa begins to tell her friends about Jesus. She becomes this unlikely influencer in her school. Got a message from her. I love this as a youth, as a former youth pastor. Got a message from her a few weeks ago. She's holding up this devotional book and her daughter is standing right next to her teenage daughter. I'm not that old. Okay. She goes, this is the, this is the devotional book you gave to me that influenced my growth and I'm now giving it to my daughter. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? My point is never underestimate the potential impact of a small act of love. In the coming weeks, I talked about this last week. 
Thrive Church has two opportunities to give incredible love, to just give potential impact to our community through two events. You heard about it in the announcement that this event called the Extravaganza, where we're going to invite our community, the 715, into the doors of our church. And our mission is to bless and love the socks off of people. That's our mission. That's what we're going to do. We're going to give them bikes. We're going to give them candy. We're going to give them a great time. And a month later, we're going to address the needs of people who are still struggling with mental illness as a result of the COVID crisis and a lot of the world crisis. There's a lot of people who are mentally struggling, mentally and emotionally struggling. The suicide rate has been increased. We're going to do something about that in the month of May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. And we're going to have this event. We did it last year called the Moving Experience. We're going to invite artists to come in express themselves. And as they do that, we're going to love on people. We're just going to love on people. And I'm asking you this morning, if you would be, if you would join with us and be an unlikely influencer on our community, here is a tangible way for you to do that. And I'm going to ask you to number, do number one, I'm going to ask you to go to our Connect Center and sign up and say, I'm going to be here. I'm going to love on people. I, I'm not going to underestimate the, the opportunity to love on people. Number two, we're going to ask you to help us financially resource these events. Last week, and it's in your bulletin today, there is an influence card. And we're asking you that you would consider to give a financial amount. I want you to prom- I will promise you 100% of what you give towards this influence will go towards these two events. And we're asking you that you would financially give, make a commitment that you'll give for the next few weeks towards this. You you decide. You decide what that is. That you would fill this card out, fill out both both sides. You would keep this end for yourself and you would turn in this card saying, I will be a financial giver for this event. I believe it's through these acts of love that lives are going to be changed in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. So where do I go from here? God wants to work through the unlikely influencer just like you. You read through the Bible. You see story after stories, unlikely influencers. If you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I want to be an unlikely influencer in my world. Will you raise your hand? Would you raise your hand all around this room? Raise your hand. I want to be that. Can I pray for you? In Jesus' name, all across this room, people who are watching online, people raising their hands saying, I want to be an influencer. Jesus, you influenced me. And now I'm going to take my gifts, my abilities, my opportunities, and I am going to be light in darkness. God, I pray that you would use me in this battle of life change. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here this morning, I'm gonna ask you to just stay, just, just bow with my, your heads with me. If you're here today and you have never made that decision to put your faith in Jesus, you can do just like this woman did and just believe. 
right now. Just say, I believe. Today, just pray along with me. Just say, today, I choose to put my faith in Jesus Christ. I ask that you would be my Lord, my Savior, and my Messiah. Forgive me of my sins. Give me your Holy Spirit. Change me from the inside out. I thank you for the life change that has taken place inside of me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can we just give God a shout out today for his life change? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.